Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Tuesday takes on takes edition of the show. Our favorite episode of the week. And a reminder, if you are enjoying the Draft Dudes podcast, make sure that you check us out on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and when you get into your car, just tell your smart device to play podcast Draft Dudes. Kyle, fellow Draft Dude, how are we doing today? Hey, how are you? What is what is this? <laughs> it's nothing. I'm just I have to keep you on your toes, you know. Yeah, I never know what I'm going to get after I say welcome. You know. Well, uh, I'm proud of you. I got to make an admission oh. here. Oh wait, what is this? Yeah. I gotta gotta be honest with you. I'm I'm super proud of you. You you called me last night, or you asked me to call you last night. Well, it was late, so I had ten ten fifteen. Yeah. You see, can you explain this plot device <laughs> in Game of Thrones? And we had a nice ten minute phone call and talked about it. So that that's how I know you are completely and fully invested in in taking the entire journey, the entire show. It wasn't yesterday when I told you I ordered the book series. No, it was the, it was the ten ten fifteen phone call. Yeah, because I haven't started the book either. So, like, the books is a different experience for me. I, um, I can't stand on it, but like, I've stand on the show. So, uh, I sent you the you up text and had a Game of Thrones <laughs> question. Yeah, ten um, fifteen. So, I mean, do you know the reason why I decided to get the books? No. Well, I mean, I, other than I would like to read them, uh, you actually, I think, told me this. There are two books at least. That are unwritten, and I already know that I'm not going to be satisfied uh, knowing that there's more to the storyline that's not going to be captured on TV. So I felt like I had to read the books and then continue this journey with uh, the author, George Martin, because uh, this is just very compelling stuff. I think we have some compelling takes today, too. Yeah. Uh, do you want the first one? No, because it involves Miami. So. You don't in want a neg- it? In a negative light, so I don't want to – you know what I mean? Okay. I don't want to have to speak poorly good, about – Because I, I want to get – I don't want the second one. I want you to take that, so we'll okay. start off with me yeah. getting this one. I don't want to have to slander Jordan Mills, so I'll let you do it. There's no reason to, to slander Jordan Mills. He's at least – With this take, okay. Ryan Turley said, Miles Garrett will lead the league in sacks with 17 and a half. Eight of those will come in three games against Denver, Miami, and Arizona. All right, so sure, Miles Garrett will lead the league in sacks with 17 and a half. I don't think that's crazy. Um, but I'm going to proportion eight of those across the Denver, Miami, and Arizona game. Well, um, Arizona, uh, I think Kyler Murray's probably going to be pretty difficult to sack. He's going to run around a lot. He'll probably get the ball out quick. Uh, Denver, <sighs> Garrett Bowles is their left tackle. And My, Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor. Or Juwan, or Juwan, Juwan James. James at right right tackle. 
And then the Dolphins, who have a good pass blocking left tackle in Laramie Tunsil, and Jordan Mills, who has actually had some of his best outings against really good pass rushers. I think from watching Jordan Mills play for the last three years for the Bills, it wasn't necessarily how he struggled with guys like Cam Wake. It was the lesser pass rushers that I felt like he kind of went to sleep against at times. So, uh, sure, Miles Garrett will lead the sacks. I'm not going to commit to agreeing to eight of those coming in those three games. Yours uh, comes from Sam Robinson, and this is very interesting. He says, despite the increase in salary cap year to year, we will see fewer quarterbacks get second contracts as teams look to continue to take advantage of the rookie wage scale in order to build a team to compete for the Super Bowl. Disagree. I think if you've got a good quarterback, you need to keep your good quarterback. Now, I guess the inflation rate of the salary cap is probably going to dictate the inflation rate that you're seeing with with quarterback salaries, but it's everything's going so fast right now that on a year-to-year basis, I, I don't think you're going to see if a team feels comfortable with their starting quarterback, twenty-five to thirty million dollars average per year salary. That's going to be the new normal. So I, I don't think you'll see teams shy away from that because there's at the end of the day you're going to need to have five or six cornerstone players on your roster no matter what. There's no way that you can win or compete. Even if you have a rookie quarterback, you still need to have between four and six cornerstone players. Uh, some of those players will be high salary. Some of those will be lower. So if you take the concession of, well, I could have a quarterback that's on a rookie pay scale and one of the eight best safeties in the league, or I could have one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL and maybe like a top 15, top 20 safety. You know what I mean? Like if, if you start playing that game, I would rather take concessions in other places and, and maintain the continuity if I feel like my quarterback's something that I can win with. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't I don't I don't think so. I don't agree with this. Um, I think we'd like to think that some teams have potentially learned from the mistakes of committing big cap figures to non-deserving quarterbacks, but. It's, there's just no examples of it really happening where where teams show that willingness to move on. And, and you, know, you see guys like Ryan Tannehill and Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor and a, a long list of guys just like that that got paid more than they should and teams held on to them longer than they should just because they don't want to have the unknowns at quarterback. And, and so I, right. don't, I, don't, I don't see teams moving on from making those mistakes. If anything, I think as the salary cap increases, you'll see more likelihood yep. for teams to yeah. double down where yeah. you've got a, a quarterback and then you, you invest in one early anyway yeah. because you don't have to pay him an arm and a leg. Yeah, but a good discussion point, Sam, uh, mm-hmm. but I, mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with it. Uh, David Bullen, Miami's throwbacks are the league's best jerseys and it isn't even close. Huh. Um, I, I like them a lot. They are they are awesome. That's an awesome look. Um for did me, you see? The, did you see the actual white ones, though? Yeah, like there's there's real life ones, not just that picture that originally came out. There's like real ones. I mean, I saw a bunch of jerseys hanging up, and I saw the the picture that you shared, and I've, I okay. feel like I've seen them in the past. Okay, 
I, I don't agree with it. I think that they're probably in the top five. Trash. Trash. Now, trash. Brother, the powder, trash. the Chargers trash. powder blues trash. are undefeated. And that's that's it. So are they top five? Probably. But are they number one and it not being close? I'm out. You you agree with this? You think they're the best jersey in the league and it's not close? Just give me my next question. This is perfect for you. I'm glad you're getting this. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> pissed I got this. <laughs> Joel Pillar says, Eric Dungy. <laughs> Stop giving us Taysom Hill questions. <laughs> we'll do a better. I hate Taysom Hill. I, I need to get this out. <laughs> Eric Dungy will do a better job being Taysom Hill than Hill does at being Hill. <laughs> okay, so I guess if your criteria for being Taysom Hill is wasting offensive snaps and not being an accurate quarterback, then Taysom Hill's pretty good at being Taysom Hill. Uh, Dungy don't think he's a particularly good or accurate quarterback and he's athletic. So there's a chance that he may prompt someone to waste some offensive snaps with him. So I'd say this is about a, a coin toss take Joe could be true. Could not be true. Eric Dungy's on the giants. That's what team he's on. He is. He is. He is. No, I'm, I'm just trying to think like, do I trust Pat Shermer to not waste, <laughs> waste offensive reps? I don't think I do. So a pretty Wait. good chance this turns out being true. <laughs> that response went exactly like I figured it would. Okay. Is this from Attila? With, I think, like nine exclamation points. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just making sure I'm pronou- I'm trying to pronounce it right. Be respectful. Yeah. You know? yeah. CD Lamb is 10,000 times better than Hollywood Brown. Hashtag takes on takes. <laughs> 10,000 times better than <laughs> Man, we're getting aggressive here in the summer. Um, I need to do a lot of work on C.D. Lamb, but from what I can tell, I, I probably will favor him because I think he gives you a size dynamic and he's still very explosive. Um, 10,000 times, man, like is is that, that's that's rich, right? Like I, I feel like that's excessive. How would you say his name? C.D. Lamb. That's not how you say it. Wait, you're kidding. How do you say it? CD's nuts, sucker. Oh. <laughs> Is that we're keep, we're keep, are we are we keeping that? Yeah, we're gonna keep that. <laughs> uh, do you have any any more commentary on CD's nuts or no? I don't even know where to go from this point. <laughs> All right, so we'll move. All right. Move on. We'll Time move for on. Our weekly vocabulary lesson with Trevor Joseph. I love this part. Uh, this is for you. Hey, what's up with the dolphin stuff coming up here? We got lots, th- lots of takes, man. My God, lots of uh, dolphins takes. My up. people, they, my they, people. They are. They're flocking. We've got this. Is we have three in like our first eight are dolphins related. Um, okay, Trevor Joseph with Josh Rosen at quarterback and a release from the Gase and Logan's offensive scheme that forced him to pass block. Mike Gusecki will unfetter his untapped potential and fill Gronk's void as a top five tight end in the league. Hashtag takes on takes. And of course, hashtag new vocabulary for Joe. So what does unfettered mean? Uh, Oh, uh, it means release from restraint or inhibition. (laughs) You had it queued up ahead of time. 
Yeah. Because I just pulled up the dictionary.com definition <laughs> <which> verbatim <laughs> what you just gave me. Did you know that word? Uh, I could piece it together, but that's not one that was in my active rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to sell this, by the way. Okay. I, I, under, I understand uh, Adam Gase asking a rookie tight end who was essentially only a receiver and was a bad run blocker and an even worse pass protector to pass protect on 19.5% of his 399 snaps last year was, let's be honest, a really shitty idea, right? Like, that's <laughs> probably not how you should have drawn that one up, Adam. Have fun in New York. Um, but I still thought the game moved very quickly for Mike Isecki, and he he greatly struggled in releases against press coverage. He greatly struggled against getting contacted inside the first five yards. Uh, he, he was getting knocked on his ass. So I think Gusecki's got plenty of athletic potential, and he's got great ball skills down the field, but I don't see him as Gronk-type player at all, to be honest with you. He's just, he's just a grossly different player. Just, Gronk is infinitely more physical. And um, I, I, I'm very skeptical of Mike Gusecki after seeing what I saw last year, to be completely honest. Don't want to write him off, but he's, he had a long way to go at the end of last year. Does he have the yips? I don't think he has a yips. I just think he's soft. <laughs> Remember when you found out that was like a real thing? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, somebody said they, that was the word somebody had used to describe Markel Fultz. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, new, they had the yips. Yeah, new vocabulary for Joe. Never ends. <laughs> Joe Bauer. Josh Rosen will play for more teams in his career than Calvin Benjamin takes on takes. All right, so Josh Rosen's at two uh, and Calvin Benjamin's at three. Calvin Calvin's going to finish it three because he ain't signing with shit. Now. <laughs> he's done? You think he's cooked? Like, <laughs> Who's going to sign him? I don't know. I, I mean, he. okay, so like we're talking make an active roster, like be on a 53. Yeah. Because yeah. he'll get it. Somebody will bring him in as part of a 90, right? Like this summer that'll happen. Well, um, yeah, I, I predict it will. Um, Josh Rosen could be done at two. At the most, okay, at the most for Josh Rosen, he plays for one more team. So Josh Rosen will have to, like, play for at least two more teams and then keep pace with anything Kelvin Benjamin does. Uh, I'll, I'm going to sell this. I, I think that Josh Rosen will play for less teams in his career than Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, uh, Kelvin's done yeah. at three and Josh has done it too because Josh is the next 15-year starting quarterback. For right, the of course. Uh, Sim... Flag flag says uh, Jacob Eason will end up being QB one in the 2020 class. I like Jacob Eason. Did you think he got a little bit of a raw deal at Georgia? <laughs> um, I think that Georgia, I, 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 this is always confusing every year where like multiple five-star quarterbacks commit to a school, like within a year of each other, there's the only one quarterback can play. So, um, that's not true. Taysom Hill gets plenty of snaps. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so, so I don't, I don't know. Did he get a raw deal? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I just, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Just believe in the five star that you have and not continue to try to get top tier quarterbacks. I don't know. I think he just, 
I think Eason's better than Fromm. I don't know if I I don't know if I know the answer to that right now. I mean, it's still very early, of course. Right. But as of right now, like what I saw of Eason versus what I know of Fromm, like Fromm frustrates the hell out of me. He's super streaky. He's got nice stretches. He'll play two two good quarters of a football game, and then he's he's all out of timing and he's inaccurate. So. Uh, I think I'd prefer Eason over Fromm, but I wouldn't put him over Herbert or or Tua at this point. So no, you're you're out on this. Uh, I'm out for this now. Yeah. Right. Uh, can we pour an out for Jordan Leggett since this person's no. name is Jay Leggett? No, I knew you, you were talking I, about Jay Leggett. I knew that you were going to bring him up as you soon as I. You see all those tweets I liked yesterday? No, I didn't see what you liked, but I <laughs> I would. No, I knew that I knew that I couldn't avoid this one. <laughs> I went back and liked every every tweet exchange that we had. Oh, I didn't see Jordan that. Leggett. I went I back and liked that? every single tweet. How many did we have? Well, there was like eight of them from like oh two God. years ago, and I liked them all in like quick succession. I'm surprised you didn't see it. I totally missed it. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't know how. Too bad. I that's don't know. How. I, I thought it was off the hook. I thought it was off the hook. No. How would you ever be off the hook? Oh, you like a lot of tweets, man. Oh, I, that's how I flag stuff for Dolphins. Wire. Oh, my God. Don't look at Kyle Krabs' likes. You got, wow. You got bow-legged birds on here. <laughs> it was a funny tweet. I'd like <laughs> How far down do I have to go? Uh, there's probably about 20 in front of them. My God, you like a lot. I don't see anything on here. I told you I have to flag all the the tweets. Okay. All right. Likes. Do you see the uh, the Morty picture? Okay, I'm scrolling down. Yep, From Morty. The top. Yep. Keep going. It's past the past the bow legged bird. Oh, past, past the bow. I gave up at the bow legged bird. No, okay. it's pa- past the person lighting their fart on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you see that one? No. What do I need to spend some time in your likes, huh? Uh, yeah. There's some nice nuggets in there. Jeez. Where the hell are they? I don't know. I don't think it happened. You, you must have deleted them all. Oh, I think yeah. you deleted them all. Yeah, I, I got into your Twitter. See, I knew this didn't happen. Fake news. No, I did. I did. I don't see them. That's how I didn't know what happened. All right, we answer the guy. It's not even. Oh, here they're they true. are. They're like they're like the fourth one down. Oh, I screamed too blind? far. All right, all right. I wasn't wrong. His hands are good. <laughs> His hands were good. Yeah, oh, this, one, this one's bad. Joe Marino, <laughs> August 4th, 2016. Working on my senior class rankings, and I keep moving up Clemson tight end Jordan Leggett. He's going to make an NFL quarterback happy with his size and soft hands. Hashtag tattle takes. All right, I got him wrong. We'll save, that, we'll save that one for next week. I got it wrong. All right, so wait. So yeah, this is a take from from Jay Leggett. But before we get there, Joe, uh, I want to remind everybody listening that you can get this show every day uh, on the Himalaya app. So subscribe to the Draft Dudes podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to the Draft Dudes podcast. So take from Jay Leggett, Joe. I know it's an early take, but I was just listening to the pod and wanted to ask before I forgot, which third round AFC East pass rusher will have a better career, Chase Winovich with the New England Patriots or Ja'Kai Pillai with the New York Jets? 
Uh, first of all, Jordan, or I call him Jordan, J-Leg at 65. Thank you for sending this in. That's the idea. Send them in when you think of them. Uh, that way they're spaced out and we, we make sure we have plenty of takes to dig into. Uh, I like, so going back to my draft board, I like Chase Winovich a lot more than Ja'Kai Polite. I think they both have bright futures, but for me, I like Winovich better and certainly uh, like his role that he could play there for the New England Patriots. So Ja'Kai Polite has a chance to, to be really good, but I, I feel co- more comfortable with Winovich at this point. Agreed. Uh, this one comes from Clint. He says the Chiefs will defeat the Colts in the 2019 AFC Championship game. Then they will proceed to defeat the Packers and Super Bowl, whatever those Roman numerals mean. <laughs> is it 51? What is it? It's not 51. You V is a 50, and then it's yeah. to the left. So it's is that minus? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Joe, 50 was like. 10 years ago. <laughs> so, it, oh, so you add those up. Is that 56? It's 59, isn't it? I no. don't know. Super Bowl 2019 number. My it's producer's 54. Are, it's 54. 54. Yeah, because V's five. So okay. that makes sense. Right. 50ZL. Uh, it's almost, it's weird because we, we kind of teased this kind of conversation yesterday on the pod. If you remember. Talking about yeah. you know how I like the Colts, and we talked about the Saints and the Packers. You had mentioned, and um, do I think the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl, beat the Colts and Packers along the way? Can I see this being a realistic outcome? Yes. Do I think it will be? Mm, probably not. Uh, the, the Chiefs they they did a nice job kind of getting some some fresh pieces defensively around them, but their corner situation is still really bad. And um, I worry about their pass coverage. I know they they added a honey badger, but he's a step slower than what he used to be. And uh, I, I just don't think they're, they're fully fleshed out on the defensive side of the football yet. No, I really like Frank Clark and Chris Jones. That's a, it's a super combo one, two up front, but I, I just don't think they quite have, the horses they need defensively yet to make that deep postseason run. Uh, Jeff Jackson. If Elway's not scared to have two rookies behind Flacco, Locke and Rippon will win QB2 and QB3 jobs over Hogan. Hashtag takes on take. Um, so the, the only risk here is not having uh, an experience behind Flacco which may not be important at all. Um, I would rather roster Locke and Rippon than well, – Locke's making the team, right? I mean, second-round pick. So I would – right. Well, that's what it comes down to, right? Would you rather have Kevin Hogan or Brett Rippon? I'd rather have Brett Rippon. So uh, I'm with you, Jeff. We got one that we agree on here. Too. Yep. Consensus. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So this one comes from ass <laughs> – from ass. <laughs> what? Comes from Podrick Payne. Yeah. House oh House Sacco. Yeah, I got ahead of myself. Um where's the ass? <laughs> There's no ass at all. Okay. <clears throat> all right. This next <laughs> This next one comes from <laughs> crumbling at the seams. Here we go. This one Ooh. comes from Podrick Payne. Okay. 
<laughs> people who don't watch Game of Thrones also called the fullback dive on first and ten. Um, how many Game of Thrones references do you recognize here for him? Uh, zero. Zero. Okay, so House Sacco is technically a Game of Thrones reference because it's like House Targaryen, House Stark. So his handle is a, is a Game of Thrones reference in itself. Sacco is. Uh, you ever watch the League? Yeah. The fantasy yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. As you finish last place, you, you get the Sacco and you yeah. get the punishment. Yeah. So he's a fantasy football player and a Game of Thrones fan. Podrick Payne is a character in Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. Because if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you probably have very poor decision making. And you probably go online and brag about it because it seems to be the thing that people who don't watch the show like to do. And calling fullback dives on first and ten sounds like something that kind of person would do. <laughs> Ty Smith, the 49ers had the best backfield and defensive line in the end. Ooh. Let me read this one again. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> I blacked out about three quarters of the way through this state. It's so hot. The 49ers had the best backfield and defensive line in the NFL. Takes on takes. Backfield meaning like running back situation or the defensive backfield? Oh, I know he sure as hell ain't talking about the defensive backfield. Okay, so neither, neither one of those is the best in the NFL. Neither one. Neither backfield. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, like, okay. So if it's running back, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida. That's good. That's, that's a, that's, that's good. That's not the best backfield in the NFL. No, because Cleveland probably. I mean, Cleveland's got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Right. And Duke Johnson as of the and, moment. And, and and none of these guys are like blue chip players. I would take right. any backfield that has a blue chip player in it over this. So you have even, to, though, even, even though they're pretty diverse and they're all going to yeah. run outside zone really well. So three niche backs is not better than having one superstar. Correct. I think it's a good group, but I, I do agree with you that it doesn't have. Now, if, if you wanted to say it was one of the deepest in the NFL, sure. especially when you're adding. Uh, the fullback situation there, then sure. Yeah. I could get behind that. Oh God, they have Wilton Spade on the roster. <laughs> burn the, burn the quarterback situation alive. Mullins, Bethard and Spate. <laughs> For now. Hope you guys wear a helmet. If you go to training camp, yeah. like a hit and hit, hit in the head in the stance with an errant ball. Uh, Matty V. Matty V. Matty V. He says uh, the NFC East will be the strongest defensive division in football with all four teams finishing top five, 15 statistically. And uh, this is hashtag Matt's weekly take. So uh, look forward weekly to the contributor to the show. Yeah, let's uh, let's make this a thing, Matt. You're on the hook every week. All right. So here's the problem, Matt. As a weekly contributor to the show, you should know better than to just stay top 15 statistically. <laughs> top 15 statistically in what? Points, yards, efficiency. Yards, right, is, this, is the normal. Turno- turnover differential. It's either yards or points. Those are the two that matter, right, like in terms of defensive ranking. Here's a problem with the Redskins. They just lost Reuben Foster. Uh, he sent this in before that, so we have to give him. Yeah, I know. I know he did. But at the same time, the Redskins just lost Ruben Foster. I think the Eagles will be very good defensively. I think Dallas is going to be studs defensively. 
the Giants will probably be fringe. But even even looking at what the Redskins have, I don't think they're top 15. I think they've got too many, like, okay football players. They don't, they don't have a bad roster. But I don't look at this group and say, holy cow, like, I'm falling all over myself to get get on board with like those this Redskins team. And I know that hurts Matt because Matt's a Redskins fan. And I'm, I apologize. You've got a very stout physical group, but the depth in the secondary, specifically a corner, is something that I look at that concerns me. The loss of Ruben Foster. And now you have Sean Deion Hamilton, which would be fine, but Sean Deion Hamilton missed time in 2016 with an ACL injury and a fractured patel in 2017. So he's not exactly super durable himself. Uh, how quickly can you get Montez Sweat acclimated and what kind of pass rush can he give you in the first season? Um, I just think there's more questions with that team. That's all. Kyle, I want to I switch orders because uh, I want you to have this one. Okay. All right. So th- we have three more. Uh, this one goes to you from Jake Burns. Um, or, oh, it's from Josiah Graham who turned in Jake Burns. No, he didn't turn in anything. This is a good take. He turned in Jake Burns and said, currently Rashard Higgins is the second best wide receiver on the Browns roster. He's a complete player. Yeah, he is. So I know people are going to re- raise their eyebrows and say, what about Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry is not a complete player. Uh, Jarvis Landry is a slot receiver in the pros. I think he can play outside, but you're going to lose so much of what makes Jarvis an effective player with a ball in his hands when you ask him to do more of the work without the ball in his hands. And um, Antonio Callaway, kind of vertical guy, bad hands. I don't trust him yet. Uh, you see, he still needs to, I know he's, he's gotten early positive reviews uh, so far this off season, but need to see it in games first where Higgins, he was a route technician at Colorado state. Uh, a, a little athletically limited. I think that was part of why you saw the delay for him transitioning to the pros, but he had good chemistry last year with Baker Mayfield. I think with Odell Beckham there now, all of a sudden you're going to command so much more attention. You're going to get more one-on-one situations with Richard Higgins. I like Hollywood. So I, I'm buying this take from Jake. Is that how you thought that would go or no? No, I knew you would say that. I, I don't agree with you. I think Jarvis Landry is a better wide receiver. He's more is, is Rashard Higgins. Can he attack defenses more ways? Yeah, but I I think the second best wide receiver on the Browns is Jarvis Landry. What with his nine point two yards per catch? It's how he helps the offense. <laughs> but if that's how you run your offense, he's not helping your offense. Um, I'm comfortable with Jarvis Landry and what what he provides. Dan La, hot take. He turned in Joe Marino. No, I turned him in. No, Joe, Joe turned in Dan Law, yeah. who was responding to Joe Marino. Joe asked, is anyone going to sign Kelvin Benjamin? The take is that Benjamin from Dan Law, Benjamin would be a better receiving tight end than most teams have on their roster right now. And Joe said, at grinding the tape, hashtag takes on takes. So you're going to respond to your own take here. What? That's a bad take, Dan. I, what are we doing here? I mean, what? why would he be any better at receiving – if he was playing tight end, then he would be receiver. The problems with Kelvin Benjamin don't go away by having him play tight end and not receiver. He just doesn't play to his size. He's super inconsistent at the catch point. He can't separate and he doesn't work. So 
that doesn't get better by him playing tight end. He's not a rosterable tight end. Could you imagine him trying to block super limited receiver that can't block? Not, not the recipe for an NFL tight end, especially when you go as far as saying that he would be a better receiving tight end than most teams have on their roster right now. So uh, I am all kinds of disagreeing with that. All right. So the last one today, Kyle, um, what's your size of tattletale, huh? Yeah. I, I didn't even realize that he, he likes to turn in people. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of people that, that are on board with this, including Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion this week about the NFL adopting a lottery system for the draft order. Bleacher Report NFL said time to change the game, kind of endorsing that tweet that the uh, NFL draft main account under the NFL.com umbrella sent out. And then Matt Miller, NFL Draft Scout, said, I am so in. Uh, and Josiah Graham, he turns them in with hashtag takes on takes, hashtag tattle takes. Kyle, are you in on the NFL draft lottery? No, I'm not. Um, I mean, the event is so big already, right? Like that, that feels like the only reason to make a catalyst for change. Um, I know we we joke about teams tanking all the time, but I, I guess I just... And that's not to say other sports leagues don't have like that sense of urgency, you know, but I feel like the shelf life for so many football players is so short that teams aren't going to just endorse the idea of just laying down and tanking. So you, you can't do it as a tank deterrent because I don't think that's an actual thing that teams legitimately do. Now, do you get to week 15 and you're one in, in 13 or one in 14? and you, you probably don't bust your ass or you've given up on the season already? Yeah, but that's different than than designated from the very beginning like the Sixers did with the process. We're going to suck for two years. And you saw the only instance of, of anybody trying this was the Cleveland Browns, and Sashi Brown had the plug pulled on him, and Hugh Jackson burnt the rest of the, the thing alive, and then he lost his job. Um. So I, I don't think you can use it as a tank term because I don't think tanking is something that, that you have a problem with in the NFL. So then why would you do it? Just for the viewings? Well, how many more people watched the NFL than any round one NBA playoff yeah, game? a lot. So uh, the, the viewership for this market and this space is just exploding. And... I don't think you need to expand on that. It's it's feels like you familiar with NASCAR, Joe? Uh, yeah. How long have you been familiar with NASCAR? Maybe three years. Okay, so my when I was growing up, my dad was like super big into NASCAR, so he used to take me all the all the the races and stuff like that. And NASCAR, over the course of the past probably fifteen years, has changed their point structure introduced a playoff format and then changed their point structure like three more times to try and make their events and their sport be more dramatic for viewers. Right. So like way back, like 15 years ago when my dad watched all the time and I would like was aware of what was happening in NASCAR. If you won the race, you got 43 points. There's 43 cars in the race. And then if you lead a lap, you get like five bonus points. And if you finish dead last, you get one point. So you have an inverse relationship between your finishing position and the number of points that you get. 
based on the field. And there was like three years where the the guy that won had like a 600 point lead or a 500 point lead with like six races to go. Why do you need to watch? You know who won the championship, right? So that's why they started making all these drastic changes. I feel like introducing a draft lottery would feel like something like that, but there's no need or pressure to do anything like that. A lot more long-winded answer than I thought I was going to have to this take. I think the most compelling point that I've heard uh, for the lottery is it somewhat takes away from the idea of rewarding the last place team. Um, But at the same time, I don't think NFL teams tank ever. And I don't know what you're protecting against. I think that's what's made the NFL for the most part, pretty balanced in terms of how competitive it is and and the frequency that teams can turn things around and become competitive. I know that's not true for every situation, but uh, for the most part, you don't see teams continuing to suck. Right. I mean, shoot, there's worse to first that gets flipped around almost every year. Yeah. You know, and and the playoff teams, there's so much parity where I think three out of every eight playoff teams don't make the playoffs again the next year. So you've almost got a 50-50 shot. A lot of parity. So agree with you wholeheartedly, Joe. It's a good conversation. I enjoyed this one. Any parting thoughts for the people? Uh... No, I'm good. We we got into a lot of good stuff today. This went long. Yeah. This is one of our longest podcasts in a while. I think we're just happy about not talking about division breakdowns anymore, right? <laughs> we got three more left or something yeah, like that. We got that. Three, three more shows. Yeah, right. So we're getting close to the finish line. We'll be finishing up the NFC South tomorrow, and then we'll be doing the AFC West on Thursday, Friday. So make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast and come back and see us. You can do so uh, through any of your podcast apps, including the new Himalaya podcast app or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, you can find us. And when you get in your car, you can tell your smart device to play the podcast draft dudes and it'll play it for you. If you're here on the go, Maybe you got kicked out of the house or in the doghouse. You got to go sit out in the car for 15 minutes, let it simmer down. You play it there. Endless possibilities. Hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast. Come back and see us again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.